All right. Welcome back to Lindroth Hockey Podcast. You're here with father and son duo, Andrew and Jim Lindroth. Dad, how are you today? Doing great, Andrew. We are going back across the pond here. Episode 144. Uh, up and coming local Irishman. Give us the lowdown on this one, Andrew. Yeah. So we're excited to be back again today. We have special guest, uh, Kel Beatty. So Kel, 19-year-old young kid, but as a teenager, Kel sued up for Belfast Giants U16 team. From 2017 until 2020, unfortunately, due to the uh, pandemic, Kel had to sit out from hockey um, until the 2021-2022 season and returned to the ice splitting his time between the NIHL and the EIHL with the Belfast Giants organization. He also participated at the WJC for Great Britain U18 team that year and the following year with the U20 team for Great Britain. Since then, Kel has decided to split his time between the NIHL and the EIHL for the Belfast Giants organization. And is currently signed and underway the regular season with the Solway Sharks of the NIHL. And is already a couple games into the season. Already got his first goal out the way. And uh, we're going to talk about his career and so far how the season's going. So without further ado, welcome Kel Beatty. How are you today, sir? Uh, yeah, guys, I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. So I want to just ask or clarify this just for our North American listeners. So over in uh, the British Elite League, the EIHL, you have the Elite League, and then you have the NIHL. And, Kel, you can correct me if I'm wrong. This is sort of the the farm team league to the Elite League, correct? Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah. So I just want to yeah. give a little context to our North American listeners. Yeah. So, Kel, starting back in 2017 uh, when you started with the U16 uh, team, being in Belfast, how did you get into hockey? And also, how did you get involved in general with that organization that you played a few years with? Um, I was it's quite a weird one to be honest with you. Um, my mum and dad both don't come from backgrounds of ice hockey at all. My dad was a professional footballer, and my mum just done the usual sports in school and stuff as well. So, um, it was just a family outing one day on a on a Sunday afternoon, and we went ice skating, and I just really enjoyed it. And then I seen all the young kids coming in. Um, later that evening, once we finished the public skating, and they were getting on for hockey, and said to my mum I quite enjoyed the skating and I said to my mum I would like to give it a go and I signed it was during the summer so I signed up for September and it sort of just kicked off them from there and then started playing uh the following season in the September um started off in the learn to play age group where you just have kids that are starting out um and then just went from there went from right through the from under 10s right through to under 16s in the junior Belfast Giants setup um, and then just went from there, really. So I know that football is obviously the reigning sport over there in Europe, no matter where you're at, really, in Europe. In Belfast specifically, we like to ask uh, a lot of the players that are from these areas, how how relevant is hockey in Belfast, or at least when you started hockey? Right. And was there a lot of resources, or is it kind of tough for um, a young kid from Belfast to try and become a pro and, and go in the steps that you're going in right now? Um, certainly when I first started, um, it wasn't a big thing at all compared to what it is now in Belfast. Like I think it's, um, came on leaps and bounds, but back when I first started, there wasn't, there wasn't much, um, crowd around it. Um, as I say, but like, um, coming from now, from when I was back then 
till now it's came on leaps and bounds and you can see obviously I coached through the summer just helped out with some of the younger kids because my brother plays as well now so um like all the kids are loving it and the resources we've got now just through funding as well and just free people going and watching the professional uh, the Giants team, um, young kids coming up every week, starting out new, and they're loving it. So it's came on a huge amounts. So during those few years that you were with the U16 team, you were very successful. Um, I don't know if I mentioned yeah. this earlier, but you're a defenseman, and uh, you still managed to uh, uh, rack up quite a few points. You're over a point-per-game play uh, pace for most of that time. How, what What is your game like as defenseman? Obviously, more offensive defenseman. Maybe it's tailed down a little bit recently. Uh, what what kind of uh, inspired that, your style of play? Um, I just think, uh, I like to think that I'm a, quite a hard-working defender. Um, and I would do whatever I get told to do. If it's to go out and block a shot or make a hit, I'm sure I, I have full faith in myself that I can do that. Um, obviously, when I was younger, I, I played forward for a bit um, between the age group of under 10s and under 12s. And then I was quite, I always wanted to get back and work hard in the defensive zone and uh, they put me back defence one season and I loved every bit of it and just sort of stayed from there. Um, back then, I thought that I was I played more of an offensive-defensive role. Um, I had a few other guys in my team that were forwards, so they helped a, a bit out as well when it came to the points-wise. But um, I think it's sort of... it's faded away a wee bit now obviously I'm playing senior hockey and stuff but ever any chance to get this step in the play um, I always love doing that and especially on the power play as well um, I love playing on the power play um, just creating chances or scoring goals so um, I think if I can sort of bring that a bit more back into my game um, I would love that but right now I'm happy enough where I'm at. So you're on a roll at this point, you even were racking up like four points in five games in 2020, transitioning to the under-20 team, and then COVID hit, which screwed yeah. up the whole world. So you end up not playing the entire 2020-21 season. Um, what was going on during that time? We've heard a lot of stories of players that were sort of trapped all over the world when COVID hit. Um you were obviously in Belfast, but how was that for you? How did you stay in shape? Were you able to get ice time? What was going on? Um, so obviously it was quite hard for everyone across the world, but I think we got quite lucky over in Belfast. Um, it hit us quite late, but obviously the season had to stop as well. So um, we were luck fortunate enough over in Belfast that we were able to get uh, like sort of, I don't want to say like exceptional status for like professional players. So we were able to get ice in the mornings. Um, it was quite early to be fair. We would be training from like half six in the morning till 8 a.m. So um, we were able to do that. There would have been only a handful of us, me and maybe five or six other guys. So that was quite good. I enjoyed that. It was kept me fit and kept me training as well. And then I'm also fortunate enough that my uncle actually owns his own gym. So um, I was able to go down there and just work out by myself. He gave me a few things to do. And um, I just went from there, really. And um, as it was tough. Don't get me wrong, obviously seeing your friends at the rink, everyone spaced out wearing masks and stuff and then going on the ice and then going home, getting a bit of food, sleeping and then going to the gym and then doing it all over again. So we were quite lucky to be fair, but um, I'm sure it was tough for everyone else across the world. 
how tough was it to transition back into actual game action when you came back? Because you missed an entire season. It wasn't just that end of yeah. the March to May. I mean, you were out until 2022, I believe. So uh -huh. how was that transition trying to play again against grown-ass men? Um, yeah, it was quite tough, obviously, because I was still I was still a young a young kid. Then I was only 16, so obviously going from COVID, not playing at all for a full maybe year and a half, maybe just training every day straight into a game. Um, it was quite tough. Um, just trying to get the confidence back in myself of like finding which way I play again. Um, but I thought I transitioned into it quite well after the first five five or so games. I thought um, it's starting to come back to me. So um, yeah, absolutely, it was definitely tough on me. But um, I sort of found my feet quickly. And were you able to stay in shape pretty well too that whole time? Now, I don't mean in shape like you're working. I know you said that your coaches and everything were helping you, but I mean trying to get on the ice at all. We've heard stories that some some people didn't have much trouble at all. There's a couple we were surprised, and there's some people where I didn't touch ice for eight months, and then if I did, it was for an hour one week. So, Yeah, um, sort of when COVID came, obviously it hit Belfast. Um, at the start, I probably didn't skate for maybe about three or four weeks because they had uh, it hit us quite bad when it first came. So I didn't skate for about three or four weeks. So it was it was tough on me. I was just trying to find stuff to do, maybe home workouts and stuff, but I didn't touch the ice at all. And then obviously when that uh, exceptional status came in and we were able to train, um, I was good. I felt like I was back training again. Obviously, it's not the same because you're not playing games on the weekend, but uh it was tough on me, don't get me wrong. So, um, but I'm sure I got back into it nice and quickly. So quick question. I wanted to ask this earlier. So sorry if I'm jumping back a little bit. No. Uh, you played for the U16 Belfast Giants teams. It seems like, cause you're in Belfast, you're always some, somehow in the organization. So how does that work? Did you have to sign, try out for Belfast? Is it like they always look at their options um, from even the U16 team and then signing you to a two-way. How, how does that work? Because it kind of just seems like you've always been with them since you were super young, somehow. Yeah, so obviously I came through, there's, we're the only hockey team in Belfast, which is the Giants. Um, I came through them right from uh, under 10s, as I've said. And then when it, yeah, I hit 16, I played the under 16s and then COVID came. And then I had a few... I had a few phone calls from the teams in the NIHL over the summer when we were starting to get back into things and they were realizing the league's going to start. Um, I had a few chances and a few opportunities to go away. And then um, I was I was fortunate enough um, from Solway because uh, I used to play like Scott for the Scotland national team. And that's one of my coaches here at Solway. So he rung me up and he liked the look of me and then, we were able to sort something out with the, the Belfast back home, the professional team. And it was, uh, so I would train throughout the week, five times a week, five, uh, five times a week with them. And then I would leave on a Friday, go over and play my games on the weekend. And then just do that through, throughout the whole season. Nice. Nice. So talk a little bit about your first debut in the EIHL with your hometown, uh, Belfast giants. Uh, talk to us about, how you got the call up, if you remember, and then talk about the experience of showing up to the locker room. You're ready to play. Yeah, absolutely. It was it's another it's a weird one as well because um I actually was I was working. Um I was working the night before 
and we were going to go, we were supposed to be playing away to Fife on the Saturday night. I was working on a Friday night and the equipment manager came in and he was like, oh, have you heard? And I was like, no, I'm not sure what you're on about. And he was like, oh, two guys are out injured. You might be getting called up. So um, uh, I found out, I got called up. Uh, I got a message from Adam Keefe, who's the head coach still. Um, he says, you're coming with us tomorrow. So um, I ended up going away with them on the Saturday, played in Fife. Um, uh, if I can remember... I think I got about five minutes or so, which was I was happy enough with that. Obviously, a young lad at sixteen. Um, what more can uh, you be proud of as playing for your hometown team? Um, it was unreal. Got a few shifts, got a few shots as well, and enjoyed every bit of it. And then we went. Actually, I didn't know if I was going to play on the Sunday as well because we ended up playing at home on the Sunday. And then he told me, "Oh, you're going to come back home and play for us as well." So. Um, went home the next day and played uh, at home in front of all my family and friends in front of a sold out SSA Arena crowd um, was unbelievable um, got a good few shifts in there and, and showed myself and it just went from there really and I can't thank my coaches and everyone else who's got me to that point at that stage when I was a young kid because if I wasn't training and wasn't working hard with them, then I probably wouldn't be in the position that I am now. So, Yeah, and I bet it's a crazy feeling for you too because like we had talked about off the air, um, you had said that you were part of the team um, winning multiple of the, the different challenge cups, league championship and stuff like that. How does that feel to not only win with your hometown, but at such a young age, like you're already being uh, like exposed to winning with the best team in the league. I mean, you're like, you're so spoiled already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, at a young age, it was when I was playing for the juniors and stuff, we were quite fortunate because uh, we had a few guys on that team that were really good as well. And we won a few trophies when we were in juniors and stuff as well. But like, obviously, at a young age, you don't you don't expect much to happen. Obviously, you maybe get a shift here and there. But obviously, winning with that team we had um was unbelievable and I didn't really think anything about it and then I, I would go home after we won and like to my mum like I've just won a like a professional trophy with my hometown team and she was like yeah no I can't believe it and it's it, it sort of only sinks in now that now I'm a bit older at 19 like you're thinking to yourself like I've won like trophies that guys it's a hard league to play in obviously to get chances in that league now as well obviously we've went up to 15 imports so um to get any chance to play in that league is uh i'm grateful for it yeah so let's talk a little bit about belfast and belfast fans so you know we know we've had on a, a belfast player but uh quite a few players that we've had on has been manchester like i said uh fife and and sheffield for sure um belfast they're the team to beat for the last two or three years um what's it like we know that uh overall the elite league in the uk has grown attendance has grown uh hockey's really picking up over there but particularly in belfast so what's it like if we've never been if we showed up to a belfast game what would we be looking at as far as fan base fan base um the fan i can tell you now the fa i feel like the fans we have are like 
I don't want to say it in a bad way, but they're, they're like football hooligans. Like we yeah. have fans that are they're passionate about their club. What they want us to win every night. They're behind us at all times. Great fans. You can interact with them. They don't badmouth you at all. Like if we have a bad game, it's a bad game. They don't say anything else. Um, but the fans in general, I've, I've, I was a fan once myself, and they they help us through every win. Um, they they can be mental at sometimes with the drums, and they can get the whole arena going. Just we have this one section that's called the boomerang corner. Um, and they they can get the whole the whole of the arena going, whether it be. Uh, game night on a Wednesday night when we only have three or four thousand or Saturday night or Sunday when it's packed out we've got the football in we've got seven and a half thousand fans in um, they're great fans and they help us through every win we've heard from talking to players and they've mostly been imports but they say every time that they go over and they they play in Belfast it seems over the last particularly the last few years which the team's been very successful that the that the city itself has taken the team under their wing because there's a lot of sports going on over there but it they, that the city they were impressed with seemed to not fans but the city if you know what mm-hmm. i mean have really supported the giants have you felt that way as well yeah absolutely obviously um over the past i would say maybe 3 to 5 years uh Belfast as a city has took the Giants under their wing. Um, obviously, more people are wanting to come now. Obviously, fam, uh, family game night and stuff as well, and they have a load of stuff going on. But I feel like the the Belfast as a whole, um, obviously football, football and other sports as well are probably priority sports. But I feel like ice hockey itself is growing faster than some of them sports as well in Belfast I feel like more people are wanting to come obviously because we're doing so well and we're winning um, we're winning so I feel like as a whole the, the community of Belfast and the city have taken us under their wing huge amounts let's talk a little bit about yourself your hockey uh, style so you've been getting some experience playing the elite league and again you're you're only 19 but you are playing with grown men. You're playing with, uh, you know, pros. You're playing with a lot of either they're North American pros or they're uh, German Dell, uh, Finnish, Swedish league, you name it. There's a lot of talent going in there. Have you had to adjust your game and style because of now you're playing with, you know, pros? I mean, th- these guys are at, at an elite league. Yeah, absolutely. I felt obviously my first year coming in. Um, I was young. I was only sixteen, so I felt like uh, I just had to get quicker, faster, stronger, and the team have helped me out a lot. So they have obviously we've got a strength and conditioning coach back home, so he's helped me a lot out over the summers and especially during the season just to maintain um some sort of size and speed as well. But obviously coming against guys that um have been playing in top leagues like the coast over in Europe or whether it be in the AHL or as well. Um it's it's obviously hard, but I felt like I've adjusted to it quite quickly. Obviously I need to if I know a certain guy is gonna be a, a good bit faster than me, obviously I need to give him a bit more leeway. Just keep him to the outside as well and just not try and get shots off. But um I think that they've helped me out a lot and my first year 
Um, when I, whenever I played, I was playing with, I don't know if you know him, Griffin Reinhardt, his brother Sam plays yeah. for the Panthers. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we brought him in in the first year, um, my first year there, got drafted in the NHL, really nice guy. And he was the one that I played with most of the time whenever I played my games. And he helped me. He just kept talking to me. He just he would stay on at the end of practice with me as well and we would do the little things right. Um, so um, he was a big guy that I sort of lent on on my first year. Um, he helped me out huge amounts and I can't thank him enough for it. Now you're pretty like cool, reserved guy and everything. I'm sure there's a mean streak in you somewhere though, <laughs> being a defenseman. You're not small either. How have you dealt with, uh, and I know the NIHL is, is no walk it, in the park. It, with, it's with a toughness, very rough league, yeah. But how have you dealt with the physicality since moving on from U16 and, and even the WJC? I mean, now this is, both of those leagues are pretty crazy. Yeah, obviously, the I would say the NIHL is a lot more rougher um, than the elite league. Um, but coming into this league, obviously, I knew that it was going to be a lot rougher. Guys are going to finish their hits. There'll maybe be a few slashes or cross checks here and there, but I thought that um if I bring my style of play into that game and I bring a bit of feistiness as well, there's no harm in it either. So um as long as I play tough and um a wee bit, I, I think I have a wee bit of feistiness about me, especially in front of the net and in battles. I'm always wanting to win battles. So whether or not um I can't come out in the right end of it, I'm always giving a an extra I'll go at a guy. Um but other than that, yeah. Have you had anybody challenge you? Say, let's let's have a go. Um, you're like, nah, I'm good. Sort of, yeah. I feel like you have to pick and choose your fights in this league. Obviously, I'm I'm a young kid as well, and there's guys that have played pro in this league for so many years. So you have to sort of pick and choose your fights. But um, I've had a few. Well, I've had a few guys step in for me, obviously, because I was a young kid at that time. But um, I've had no fights yet. Um, I don't know whether I plan to or not, um, but uh, I've had a few guys step in for me just because their guys are like 30 years old and they, they get paid the fight. So um, they've stepped in for me and done what they needed to do. And I can hopefully do what I need to do as well in the game. So you're in a you're in a very strange in a great position, but in a strange position, you're you're still very young, 19. Yeah. Um, you played in the elite league. You're playing in the. NIHL uh, it seems like you have to play um, in both leagues until you I guess are recognized or ready to be a full-timer in the EIHL so it, it just seems like in the NIHL that's where you're getting a lot of your ice time and still developing so what are you yep. specifically working on so that you'll be, and I, I'm going to predict it won't be that long until you're right. a full-timer in the Elite League, but what are you working on? Because if you adjust to work in the EIHL, like you say, you might be getting five, ten, uh, five, six minutes a game. That doesn't help you progress as a pro. So mm -hmm. what are you working on to solidify yourself as a pro and then hopefully make that jump to full-time Elite League? Um, Obviously, signed with Belfast and then the main thing was to sign on a two-way contract with another team below in the league below like you said so the NHL is sort of a farm a farm league to the elite league so I, I made sure that I was um on a two-way um for the past three years just to 
So whether if I'm playing with the Giants or not, and I'm not playing uh, great minutes, but if I go to the, the league below, I know that I'm going to play, um, know that I'm going to get good minutes every night and yeah. I'm going to work hard, um, get good minutes no matter where I go. So um, I feel like you have to... This is this is this is a good a good shot for me coming to this this league below obviously, um to show what I have to other teams maybe in that league but also get recognised in the elite league as well. Um, I feel like what I've been working on is just making a a good first pass, whether it be coming out of battles or, uh, in the neutral zone or the defensive zone, just good first pass, be strong on my stick, and also just be confident in what I have, like my attributes, um. I feel like I've got what it takes, um, whether that be on or off the ice, but I just need to keep working hard, really, and hopefully I'll get my chance soon, whether that be with Belfast or another team in the Elite League. So, like we've already mentioned, you're young, you're playing for your hometown team, won you know, some, some cups with them, some championship stuff with them. Do you have, have you thought ahead in your career yet of where else you want to go? Is this kind of, are you just playing it with Belfast for as long as you can and, and go from there? Or do you, are you thinking about, you know, maybe I want to go to North America and try the ECHL, the AHL there, circuit. There have been a lot of UK players that have come on over to the yeah. North America. So have you, have you thought about that? Have you even thought about that path? What's going through your mind right now? Um, I have thought about it. Obviously, when COVID hit as well, I had sort of had to think about it. I had a chat with my, my parents as well, whether or not it would be better for me to go over and play in North America or Canada. But right now, I'm sort of just planning out, seeing how it goes, see how the season see how the season goes for myself, um, points-wise as well. Obviously, I know points aren't a, a huge thing for a defender, but as, as long as I'm playing well and... Um, just seeing how it plays out really but like what one of the things I want to do um whether it be next year or the next two years is go and experience somewhere else in Europe whether that be in Germany France Italy Sweden Finland um I feel like that I have that sort of style of play to play in that league um uh whether or not be the one of the lower leagues and then hopefully get my chance but I feel like that's something I want to do um and see how it goes really now in the EIHL, it's mostly just one year deals, correct? So yeah, you're just yeah. in with the one year deal. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's that's kind of strange. Does that suck a little bit? Like that you have every year you're like, I don't know where I'm gonna be going. Maybe yeah, it is a bit strange for us North Americans to see that, you know, it, it's pretty much like not new teams, but yeah, you gotta sign new deals every year, which I guess is good for the team, but not great for the players. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How do you Yeah? Um, absolutely. I think well, most of the guys in the elite league either sign one year deals, um, unless there's someone big and they try and keep them in for another year. Um, but it like I've that's that's all I've known really. Obviously, coming out of juniors, I signed my first first year, and then I got asked to come back the second year, and then obviously I got asked to come back this year. So, I think just trying to keep obviously over the summer and stuff as well, just trying to keep your options open as well is the main thing. Obviously, I don't want to sign somewhere, um, say, for instance, I go and play in the Elite League next year and sign a, a two-year deal and maybe not play a huge amount in my first year. And then that's so it'll be hard for me to get out of that contract in my second year. So I think it's good in terms of that way, but especially if 
you had a good season and maybe that the team doesn't want you back, then you're sort of struggling to find teams. You're like, oh, I don't know where to go and that, that and the other. So it's obviously, there's two sides to it as well. But I think that it's a good thing. Obviously at my age, um, one year deals are probably the best thing for me, just in case of, if I want to go anywhere else. Interesting. We asked, and I can't remember the Belfast, Belfast player we had on, uh, which is bad on us. Uh, but we asked... Uh, we always ask all the elite players who are the rivalries. And when we asked a bell flash fast player, he said, we don't have any, you know, we talked to Sheffield and it's Sheffield and Manchester. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, Fife and Glasgow, you know, all this does Belfast have a rival or are you guys just that everybody, good? everybody. Yeah. Cause everybody wants to beat them. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I would say like, obviously because we're from Belfast and all the teams are from Scotland or in England or Wales as well so I feel like obviously because we've been on such a good sort of streak I would say um, over the past three years obviously winning uh, so many trophies every team wants to beat us but I feel like any time we play Cardiff, Sheffield, Nottingham them games are always game seven playoff games no matter what, what time it is in the league um, I feel like every team wants to beat any team, but um, I feel like them three teams are sort of the teams that the Giants would want to win the most. Obviously, you want to win every game, but them games mean a lot to the coaches, the organization as well. Which of those three teams are the most intense to play against? Uh, I would have to say probably Sheffield. Sheffield always... Uh, good crowd make the place noisy always it's a hard building to play in um always have a good setup um good guys coming in every year as well so i would say sheffield so the season is underway you're at solway uh mm -hmm. but you've got one goal already with the season yeah. so how obviously this the beginning of the season starting good for you yeah uh personally yeah the season's went off to a good start i'm playing loads and playing between 25 minutes and 27 minutes a night and I'm playing special teams as well. So um, the season's been off to a good start for myself. Uh, with the team itself, we haven't, uh, we haven't had a great of a start. Um, new sort of new sort of team in this league, bringing a load of new guys in this year. Um, but we've got two games this weekend and hopefully we can come out with the four points. We're going to finish by kind of asking you lightning round questions. So you could just do a name, a place. If you've got a story, go ahead. Time's yours. Okay. But uh, we're going to make you think and think quick, okay? Okay. You want to go first, Andrew? Do you have any weird or strange pregame rituals or superstitions? Ah. Um, I always tape all three of my sticks, no matter which one I use, whether I use one the whole game or whether I use two. All three, all three of them get, them, get taped. Cool. What has been the best crowd hype moment for you? Like the game where the crowd just was incredible. When was that? Uh, I would probably say past the season that's just passed. We had uh, it was at the end of the end of the season, and if we won the game against Guildford, we won the league. Um, I would probably say that moment. Obviously, stepping out onto the ice, uh, we've got. Two flames up, up beside you as well. Full bowling, seven and a half thousand, all the fans shouting. Um, and especially when your family and friends are there to watch you as well. 
So we've got a player with us. We'll ask this question. I don't think we've ever asked this. How important, because you're going to have a lot of, of fans listening to this, particularly your fans, how important is fans and fan reactions to players? You know, when you're at a game, you shout something out, you have to sort of ignore it like, oh, I didn't hear it. It almost seems like the players don't hear what's going on, but we know you do. But how yeah. how how important is fans and fans at a game to a player or to you? Um, I feel like it's a, a a huge amount. Obviously, when the fans get going as well, and everybody there's a chant going on or a song, I feel like it gets the players going no matter what. Um, obviously, as much fans as you can get in makes the building even more loud and harder for the team you're playing against. Obviously, they're not at home, so I feel like any chance you get to have play at home, um, and the fans are behind you, you have uh, a better chance to win. What about the other way when you're in a visiting building and they're getting on you? Oh, um, yeah, it, it can be quite tough at sometimes, but you sort of have to zone in a bit and try not to listen to it. Obviously, you can you can't hear it as well if fans are having a go at you for a certain thing. Maybe you tripped up a guy and the penalty didn't get called, and the fans are having a go at you. But I feel like you sort of just have to zone out and stay stay composed within the game. Who has been your favorite defenseman partner? If you had to pick one from your past, not anybody else on the other teams, but the ones that you played with, who's the best suited for your style with you? Um, I would probably say, before I mentioned him, Griffin Reinhardt, obviously getting drafted so high in 2012. I think he was the fourth pick, I think he was. Yeah. Um, I only played with him for a year, but obviously a guy of that caliber, um, you would take any chance you could to play with him. From the NIHL or the EIHL, either one, which arena has the worst ice conditions? Uh, <laughs> I would have to go from the Elite League Manchester. Absolute dump. You know, it's a absolute dump. We were I, I can tell you I can tell you a story. So I played, I was playing a game one night. I got called up to play in Manchester, so I did. And they we were doing the national anthem, and it was raining outside, and the rain the rain was actually coming through the roof and oh, dripping no. on guys during the during the national anthem, and I don't want to out anyone here or anything, but when we go to Man when when I've played in Manchester, they soak the floors in the away change room, so all your kit, so you're getting changed on wet floor. <laughs> So you you can take whatever you want to take from that, but I, I think that's the that's probably one of the worst rinks I've ever played. Well, you, sh you shouldn't get in trouble for that because Manchester's been the tally. They it's we, been the yeah. We keep a tally of different leagues, and Manchester is by far the number one worst. It would you say it was also the worst locker rooms? Or would that, that that's the next place? question? What's the worst locker rooms too? NIHL too though, if it's something really yeah, bad. there's got to be some bad ones there. Yeah, and I NIHL. I would say I haven't played. I haven't played in it yet, but a few of the boys from my team this year have played in it. Uh, Peterborough Phantoms, uh, really bad, really bad rink. Uh, apparently the change rooms are horrible as well. Um, I would say that one. Or there was a team last year that actually folded this year for a year because their rink was in such a bad state. Uh, would it's Basingstoke Bisons? They had apparently one of the worst change rooms. They had they had uh, you getting changed and uh, like a a tin container like that go on cargo ships one of them and you actually had to walk from the container through through the parking lot to the rink what? in your skates yeah 
I, I didn't. I'm, I'm glad I didn't need it. I'm glad I didn't get to play in it. But I would say I haven't played there yet. But obviously, Peterborough's Peterborough's quite bad as well. Wow, wow. interesting, interesting. Well, last one for me. Do you have another one? No, go right ahead. I know you're young. I know you're just getting started. But uh, what has been the best moment in your hockey career so far? It's the first thing that sticks out when you hear that. Um, I would probably say last. Last season, uh, when I was with the Sharks, we ended up. Obviously, I had a really good year trophy wise last year. I, I won seven trophies across two teams. So, um, I would probably say probably winning winning with the Solway Sharks last year. We uh, we went uh, down to Bellingham, so we did in England. So it, so it is. Um, um, it was for the sec second leg of the cup. So it was, and we won. We won the cup. Uh, in a shootout and then when we when we went back to the chin room we actually found out we won the league that night as well so I would say so I would say that that was probably one of the highlights of my career so far and obviously last year is probably one of the best years um, I've had obviously winning trophies as well and I thought I played really well last year personally so we won't make any we won't ask you to make any predictions but I'm sure you're going to get some call up this season which would be great We'll say goodbye off air, but officially on air, we can't thank you enough. And remember, when you are a big UK Hall of Famer defenseman here in three, four years from now, remember the Lindrop Hockey Podcast. We had you on early. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We'll have you on again that, too, man. We'll, we'll we'll check in with you during the season or at the end of the season, whenever. We'll we'll follow your career for sure, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank thanks for thanks very much, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Okay young upcoming uk player he's a big kid yeah yeah and he is out, you know? he Six is 180 pounds i think yeah so. and he's put in the puck in the net um so he's in like you said offensive defenseman uh, a lot of coaches like that some like the stay-at-home defenseman i'm sure he could do that too he's a big guy he clears the crease but uh if he could put the puck in the net that's going to be even more valuable to the team Oh yeah, absolutely. Whatever, uh, whether it's Belfast or whatever organization is looking for that quarterback on the power play, offensive defenseman to join the forwards on the rush, that that may be the guy too. But uh, you know, if you look at his stats and stuff too, his offense has slowed down, and I wonder if if that's not even on purpose. It's on purpose, so he's focusing more on the defense, like he was saying, working on his zone more, and because uh, he used to be a forward when he was younger. So it's just interesting how his came, but he's young. He'll. He's already been called up when he was 16, 17. He was yeah, playing for him. Please. So if you're new to our podcast, the Lindroth Hockey Podcast, welcome. Um, go ahead and check out uh, our podcast on any podcast player. We're on all of them. And check out our, our diversity of the leagues. I mean, we cover a lot of elite league players. We cover a lot of uh, NHL, AHL, East Coast. We even cover even German Dell League players. So Check us out. Welcome to our podcast. Follow us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, but yep. we're mostly active on Twitter at the moment. And uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh, follow us. We'll be having more players, coaches, yeah, maybe everybody. even GMs. Never know. Owners of teams, too. So, again, we appreciate everybody. We appreciate our UK uh, fan base all across the pond continuing to support and listen to us as well. Take care.